Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. So tonight, Philippians chapter 1, we're in verse 27. I'm going to review a few verses. We're going to finish off chapter 1 and then get into chapter 2. Does anybody have any questions about last week's text? <laughs> Most of y'all are like, I don't even remember what we said. Okay. <laughs> I just like to see the looks. I, saw, I looked around and some eyebrows went. Like, are you, you're kidding, Pastor Matt. Yes, I'm, I'm messing with y'all. So we are in verse 27. I love this verse right here, man. This is such a guideline for life as believers, man, for men and women and youth and children and people of every culture and background. You as a believer, that should supersede everything. Are you with me? I am a believer before I am whatever else I am, a sinna, a a high school graduate or a college graduate. I am a believer, man. So look at this. Above all, love what the apostle says here. Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, (laughs) conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then, whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit, And one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. Talked about this a little bit last week. Fighting together for the faith is connecting. Connecting online, connecting in person. Fighting together for the faith is going to a connect Bible study group, a connect group, a small group. Fighting for the faith is fighting together. You say, man, that was me at home all alone praying and reading the word. You're fighting for the faith because other people were doing that this morning. See, I was sitting right here praying and reading the Word. You were at your house. You were in your vehicle. You were headed to work, but you were fighting for the faith too. I love that. I will know that you are standing together with one spirit, one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. And the good news is just it's Scripture. The good news is the New Covenant, the New Testament. It's good news that Jesus came to die for us. That's good news, huh? I mentioned this Sunday, and I think, I think most of you were here, and if you weren't, this is a good reminder. As believers, we've got to remember this. You're going you're gonna to bump into, let, let me just say it right now, weird Christians who freak out when they read some information and they say, man, um, I don't know, Christmas trees, did we steal that from pagan people and stuff like that? And I'm not giving anybody a hard time, but here's my point. My point is this. You don't have to put up a Christmas tree. You don't. That's okay. You don't have to hunt Easter eggs. I know if people have found, they say, man, I don't know about that stuff. And that's fine to each their own. It's just like right now, not every, I don't think everybody should wear a mask. If you want to, do it. If you don't, don't. Praise God. If you got to fake it till you make it to get into a store. I've seen people, they get in stores with a mask. You see them later and it's hanging off one ear, right? You do what you got to do. They say, that's the law. No, that's not really the law. Okay, it's emergency orders and it's rules, but it's not the law. So they're breaking the law. No, that's not the law. But here's my point tonight. I know that some of the holidays we celebrate had odd roots. I know that. But the beauty of Christianity is early church fathers, different people, even Constantine. He had his problems. He was an emperor. But he, when he got right with God, he got Christianized. Hopefully he really got saved. He said, those are some pagan holidays. We're going to make those Christian holidays on the same day. 
That doesn't bother me. Here's why. We need to celebrate Jesus' birth at some point, don't we? Because people will tell you, hey, man, y'all are celebrating Jesus' birth on December 25th. He wasn't born on that day. My question for them is always this. What day was he born? No, I want to I know. I want to know. And I got to do that in love because I'm naturally a little, just a little bit sarcastic. I'm like, nope. Okay, praise God. We shouldn't do that. When was he born? And many of them will say, well, it's probably during the, uh, you know, the fall sometime. Hey, we do it on December 25th. You do it with a right heart. You know what scripture says? To the pure, all things are pure. Now, you got to line that up with scripture and say, I'm going to do stuff that's legal and moral, right? Unless it becomes outlawed to come to church. If that becomes illegal, well, I'll just be an outlaw. But for now, you say, I celebrate Jesus' birth because he was born, man. Can you imagine? Say, no. We, and people will tell you this. I've heard, I've heard folks say this. No, we don't, we don't need to celebrate Jesus' birth um, at that time. And we need to tell our kids that it's not about gifts. No, I agree. It's not about gifts. But even in the Old Testament, you celebrated holidays by giving gifts. It's a way to celebrate together. Makes it fun. It's not all about the gifts. It's all about what? Giving. And if they figure out when Jesus was born, they can tell us and they can celebrate Christmas on October 15th or whatever. But here's what's interesting. Many of the believers who say, we shouldn't celebrate Christmas. It's pagan. They celebrate Halloween. Halloween is a pagan festival that was never Christianized. Halloween is, is you know what that is? That they celebrate the Lord of the Dead, Samhain. The Lord of the Dead. Sounds like the devil to me. And they wear ugly stuff. Now, don't get me wrong. People are at different levels. They say, man, we did that or we were innocent with it. Look, God's going to have to speak to you about that. But that is a pagan holiday, and it's overtly pagan. And it stayed that way, okay? But Christmas, we're celebrating the birth of Jesus. And I think they used to say this. What Was it in the 80s? Don't even get me started, right? <laughs> even though I already started. So praise God. Fighting for the faith together says, look, you may not do it just how we do it, but not, look, not everybody eats tamales for Christmas, do they? They don't. Did you know my mom's side of the family, you know what their last name was? Treadwell. I couldn't make that Hispanic if I wanted to. Treadwell. They didn't eat tamales for Christmas. They didn't. They ate different stuff. A lot of folks uh, on that side of the family, they do what? Again, for Christmas meal is more stuffing and more turkey or something like that or ham, whatever. We don't all celebrate it the same way, but here's the beauty of it. Here's the beauty of being a believer. You can always take it back down to, hey, I want to live right, right? That's everybody's cry. That's the cry of y'all's hearts. That's the cry of everybody's heart tonight on live stream. I want to live right. I want to love God. I want to love others. And man, I want to keep the faith. And I know that Jesus is the center of it all, so we're going to all agree on that. And it's amazing when you find stuff to agree on, how much everything else or how little everything else matters. You say, no, we agree on this. We agree on Jesus. I've talked to people before, and I'm telling you, doctrinally, I said, oh, my gosh, that's not in the Bible. I don't know what they're talking about. But I could just feel God speaking to me. I could just feel God's presence, his peace, his leading to say, hey, you know what? But we do believe in Jesus, don't we? Oh, uh -huh, yeah, we believe in Jesus. Okay, well, let's get into the Word together and let's see what His Word says because that is our common ground. Are y'all with me still? 
And I love this verse. Now let's move into this. We brought it up last week, and this is huge. Right now during the, the season of, you say, well, it's Christmas. Yeah, but this year has been COVID this, COVID that. Don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. Oh, they're going to do this. If you, and they're going to, no, don't. Let me, let me say it again. Look at this translation. Don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. This will be a sign to them that they're going to be destroyed. I'll never forget. And this is kind of a tough example, but it's a, it's a good example. I, I shared this example a few years ago, I think. We were playing volleyball with the youth one night at the city park. Y'all remember the city park? It was a lot more hood when I was a kid. Man, the lights weren't on. It was dark out there. and I don't know, but we were playing volleyball. I guess there, we were under a light. Had them ugly old elm trees and stuff. But anyway, we were out there, and it's a much smaller church. We were at the little church building near here, the former army barracks. And at different points on and off in our history, my dad would be the default youth pastor because there wasn't a youth pastor. So we were at the city park one night, and it was the summer. My cousin was down. We were having a good old time, and we were playing volleyball. Well, someone showed up, and they sat down, and I think they were on something. People knew some of them, but they sat down, and they were being disrespectful with the girls, with everything. I don't remember everything that was said, but they were cursing. One of them was. Finally, Dad walks over there, and they're sitting down, and Dad stands over them. I'll never forget this. And we didn't know they were our enemies, but we were about to find out. Dad walked over there, and he said, hey, you guys can be here if you want to be here, but I don't want to hear any more cuss words out of you. If, if you can't abide by those rules, look, we got a youth group here. We're a church. He said, if, if you guys can't go by those rules, and he's standing over. Y'all see my dad. He's not a real big guy, but there's something about him. I've had people over the years that say, what is your dad like, six foot? I'm like, what? No. One guy asked me that years ago. I said his personality may be over six foot in his presence, but no, he's, no, he's not six foot. He stood over those dudes, and they were sitting down, and he said, you guys, stop cussing. Or get out of here. And, if it, and it was interesting. He felt he needed to give them some more. And he said, if you got a problem with that, I'm going to throw you guys out of here. I don't, he said something like that. I'm going to throw you out or something. And I, was, I remember thinking, Where's he, throw them out of the park? What's he going to do with them? And one of the guys kept cussing. And dad said, that's your last warning. And his friend goes, hey, Juan, come on. I think his name was Juan. I don't know why I remember that. It was like 30 years ago. Hey, Juan, come on, man. Let's get out of here, dude. Come on, this is, and dad said, you better listen to your friend, he's smart. And I don't know what else dad told him. He said, you better get out of here, last warning. They, they left. And I remember dad, dad just, it was like nothing happened. We kept playing volleyball, dad kept making up fake scores, just all kinds, and I remember that night well. It was fun, man, we had so much fun. And later on I was like, dad, man, what if that dude would have had a knife or something? And dad, dad said, do you see these boots? Dad's always worn boots. He said, do you see these boots? He said, I would have made him eat the knife. And I believed him. He was in no way intimidated. And it was a sign to somebody that night because they were out. I never saw them cats again. It's been 30 years. I don't know if they left the city or they went and did something else. But here's the thing. Don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. There is a time to stand up and be strong. And sometimes you have to be firm. You do. There's been some cats lately. Cats, it's figurative. They're not got those like meow, but you know, some people. 
lately, and they've been going through the hoods, the neighborhoods, saying, we're putting in solar power. Well, y'all look out for them. Their name is Legacy. And yes, I'm preaching it from the pulpit because they don't have a city license to sell door to door. And something's up with them. And I don't think they're my enemies. I really don't. They were cool guys. But just because they're cool guys doesn't mean they're right. So they knocked on our door after 7 on Saturday. And Jen's like, who's that? Be? It's dark, you know. So I get out there. And this dude, he's standing out in the yard. Hey, man, and I knew something was off, but they were cool. I said, hey, where's your permit to go knocking door to door? Oh, I don't know. I think my boss has it. Oh, okay. But he'll be here in a minute. So we talked. Man, we're about solar power, this and that. And I was like, this thing doesn't smell right. It doesn't smell right. So then his boss showed up, and we're talking, and they did. They had legacy T-shirts on, but I can get those made, right? I can get those made anywhere. We have church T-shirts made, so. And, and I told him, and I, I was real. I said, look, if this is a scam, you guys, I said, if this is a scam, I just want y'all to know. And I said it like this, real straight face. I said, if this is a scam, I want y'all to know I have a real hard left hook. One of the dudes towered over me. He was like six something. And they looked at me, and he goes, what do you do for a living? I said, I'm a pastor. But let me remind you, if this is a scam, I have a really hard left hook. I said, I know I'm not very big, but I will surprise you. And I kind of smiled. And I went, okay. And I said, look, if this is real, I'll give you my phone number, but I don't want any trouble from this because it's interesting, your proposition. I probably won't do it, but it's, it sounds interesting to me. Solar power. Oh, yeah, okay, this and that, this and that. Well, guess what? That was Saturday night. I still haven't gotten a call. But today, a guy showed up without a permit again. And I'm going, what are these dudes doing? Are they casing the neighborhood to, like, see its weaknesses? I'm like, what are they doing? He comes back. I say, hey, good to see you, man. All right, good to see you. And I said, um, by the way, I called City Hall today. You guys don't have a permit. Oh, what? We don't? You know, I'm all, hmm. I go, no. But um, I said, I'm not interested, man, because if y'all aren't doing going by uh, whatever needs to be done up there with the city, I, I don't know if y'all are going to follow through if you were going to do something at my house. And I said, I mean, and the guy said, well, if I can fix that, would you be interested? And I'm going, well, I'll talk to y'all. And I wasn't mean at all. I just said, look, I, you guys are cool, man, but I don't know what, what you're up to, basically. At some point, you got to stand up and tell people the truth and not be intimidated. I don't know who that's for tonight. And you can do it in love. And I was playing about the left hook, right? Was I? I don't know. No, I think I was. But I... At some point, you got to stand up and you got to go, hey, look, look, I, I don't know what's happening here, but let me speak truth on this thing right here. Y'all have to do that as believers. Sometimes, man, I can feel the Spirit of God tonight. Sometimes you're in a situation. I think some of y'all have been in situations lately. I don't know any details. I don't because nobody's told me. I think some of y'all are getting taken advantage of in situations because you're a Christian. Now, Jesus was a Christian. How does that play? Now, he's the son of God. He was Christ-like. He was, he was the, Scripture says he was the firstborn, so he was beyond Christian, right? We're Christ-like, or we want to be, but he was Christ. Jesus did everything right. He was God in the flesh. He's our example. He is the, the author and the finisher of our faith. But did you notice that Jesus was not a doormat? He had boundaries. 
Jesus always had boundaries. Now, when he died, he, did you, did, do you remember what he said? He said, you're not taking my life. I'm giving my life up. He told Pontius Pilate, and this freaked out Pontius Pilate. He said, if, if you hadn't been given power from above to do this, you wouldn't be able to do it. What? My kingdom is not of this earth. Jesus wasn't afraid of anybody. And he stood up to Pharisees, the religious leaders of that time, the political world. Oh, yeah, they were very political. They were religious, but they were political. And he stood up, he stood up. Does it mean you got to be mean? No. Jesus wasn't mean or awful, but I tell you what, he sure told the truth, he spoke the truth in love, and he stood up when he needed to. He was strong when he needed to be, and he was gentle when he needed to be. That's why you see him in Scripture as the lion and the lamb. Do you see that? The lion of the tribe of Judah, but he was the lamb who was sacrificed. Why? Because he said, I'm going to be sacrificed. It's the only way. Never intimidated. So you don't need to be intimidated by people. And don't let, don't let people keep doing that crazy stuff at your house or on your time. I don't know who that is for, man. I have people, they're like, I don't know. No, but they're family, man. They came over and they're drinking. Hey, you don't want that there? Tell them. I don't, I'm sorry. It's real easy. Let me tell you how to tell them. If you don't want that there, here's what you tell them. Hey, I don't want that here. They may not come back. Okay. But you have peace. There's times we do stuff because we're afraid of what people are going to say. And you were trying to keep the peace, but you lost your peace. That's peacekeeping. That's not peacemaking. Sometimes peacemaking is, hey, I told you, you're not going to do that in my house anymore. And people do that with mijo all the time. I've seen that. And I can speak with authority on that because I'm a Hispanic. I've seen it my whole life. I'm a mixed Hispanic. I've seen it my whole life. Ore por mijo, pray for my son. He lives like the devil, but he still lives here. I'm like, how old is he? Oh, he's 20, but he has parties here. He does drugs here. I'm like, kick his tail out the house right now. Why is he there taking advantage of everybody? Because he's a male? No one can explain that to me in Hispanic culture. I'm all, why? Well, um, someone even said this. Well, because he can't get pregnant. I'm all. But he can be on the other side of that, can't he? Come on now. I don't know who I'm speaking to tonight, but stop being intimidated. And don't be intimidated of your kids. Some parents think, I'm going to just be their friend, and the kids grow up, and they don't respect them. Now, me and my dad, yeah, you could say, man, they're like friends. We're close. But to this day, my dad will probably tell you, no, we're not friends. <laughs> I don't know. He's hardcore. He's hardcore. He's like, I'm your dad. And hey, there's, there's a boundary, praise God. But I have benefits now because I honor him. I always honored mom. And people are scared to death of their kids. But do you love someone enough to tell them the truth? I've dealt, This is heavy on my heart tonight. And man, I was not expecting to go in this direction. We're still talking about intimidation. You as a believer do not need to be intimidated by people. And I know personalities are different. We got different strengths, different weaknesses. But man, at some point you got to say, hey, enough is enough. Not in my house. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not here. Told you the story years ago, a guy, old, old cuss, man, he got in my car with coffee and he was smoking a cigarette. And I said, the coffee, we'll figure that out. We got to pour some of it out outside. I gave, gave him a ride. You can drink that. But I said, your cigarette has to go, man. Not in here. I was 19. And sometimes I've done some stuff, some boundaries, afraid. I have over the years. Freaked out, man. I'm like, dang, if I tell them, man, who knows? We, it may, we may get into it. But at some point, no, you got to have boundaries. People have messed up the Christian faith in this way, saying, well, because I have 
faith and I got to walk in love, I can't say anything ever. Look at Jesus' life. He corrected, he rebuked, he told the truth, and he still walked in love. We can do that. At some point, you got to say enough's enough. Remember when I talked about boundaries some months ago? You got to go, I'm sorry, not here. I'm sorry, not here. We've had people on the property smoking. I've walked up, and I don't mind people being on the property sitting in a, you know, we have benches out there and different things, but smoking on the property, I'm sorry, that's forbidden. Because if they'll smoke, they'll take it to the next level, huh? They'll say, smoking's okay, well, we'll do a little joint, or we'll, we'll do a, a hit on meth or something else, or we'll, no, not on the property. And I've caught people out here. One guy, he had his alcohol out here, broke it all in the alley and everything. Poor guy. But I said, hey, you can't be doing this here. So you don't know how he's going to act. Somebody's got to stand up and tell the truth, right? Same with kids, same with parents. And you as an adult, sometimes you as an adult, you have to deal with your parents that way very respectfully. But you talk to a parent in love and respect, always honoring your parents. But where you, you're an adult. You don't live in their home anymore. And you say, or an aunt or an uncle or whoever, you say, hey, I'm sorry. This ain't right. We're not going to do this in my house. Or you're not going to treat me that way. Don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. You put a stop to stuff. This will be a sign to them that they're going to be destroyed, but that you are going to be saved. Even by God himself. My goodness. What's the next verse there? For you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ. Look at this power that God is. This is an honor. You've been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. Many American believers think, no, man, suffering, that's not of God. We're going to go through junk. Jesus said, in this world you'll have trouble. You have seen my struggle in the past. Wait, no, no, let's go back. Let's go back. Let's go back to that. You've been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. Don't you ever forget that. Suffering for him is people reject you because of your beliefs. People laugh at you because of your beliefs. In other countries... I'm, I'm talking about our country. In other countries, suffering is they kill you for being a believer. Did you know one billion people, it's estimated? One billion. That's a lot of zeros. One billion people on the planet are persecuted daily for their religious beliefs. You say, just Christians. No, I'm just saying people, Christians, uh, Muslims, whoever. People that are persecuted in different countries for their religious beliefs. Hindus, whatever. And many of them are Christians. They are persecuted. They're told, uh-uh, you can't meet. You can't, uh-uh. You can't own a Bible. That's persecution. But see, we have the privilege of suffering for him, and that may be in a different way here in America. But don't you give up your faith just because someone laughed at you or someone, someone treats you different because you're a believer now. No, <clears throat> it's their loss. Let's go to the next verse. We are in this struggle together. I love that. You've seen my struggle in the past, and you know that I'm still in the midst of it. Man, he's, in, he's writing this letter from prison. Y'all remember that? He's writing it from prison because of his belief in Jesus and the belief that Jesus rose again from the dead and that he's preached the gospel. All right. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? We're beginning chapter 2 here. I love this. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Oh, you know the answer to that. Any comfort from his love? Oh, yes. Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other. I believe that means, look, sometimes you agree that we're different, 
but I, I agree with you 100% on Jesus and the Holy Spirit. I agree with you 100% that God's Word is infallible. And you stay in unity. Scripture says we must maintain unity. Another verse says, pursue peace with everyone. Remember, I said this last week, a man or woman whose ways please the Lord, Proverbs says, even their enemies are at peace with them. I was thinking today, someone came to my mind, and it's somebody in town. I don't know why they treat me a little different, but man, they, they've hated some of the women in my family for no reason. My sister, my wife, they've kind of hated, they've had a love-hate for me, just hatred and i can't figure out why but they're at peace with us they're doing their own thing and i thought of that verse today man when your ways please the lord god will take care of them you just give them to god so our goal is to walk in unity with each other as believers always loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose second verse don't be selfish don't try to impress others be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. That's interesting. That is an interesting verse. That doesn't mean like, oh, man, I just have no self-confidence because everyone's better than me. No, it just means, hey, man, no, you, I treat people like they're better than me all the time. I did it today several times. I held a door open, and one guy stood outside. I was at a store, and he's like, are you going outside or are you going in? I said, I'm going out, but come on in. Treat them like they're a king or a queen, man. Let them prefer people over yourself. Be kind to them. Look at this. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. These verses right here, I remember them from Paces, from the Academy. I remember those verses. You must have the same attitude that Christ had. Though he was God... He did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Can you imagine? Jesus himself, God in the flesh, made himself humble. That is beyond me, man. We serve a God who came and died for us. Next verse. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, what? He humbled himself once again in obedience to God, and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, and I'm going to stop with this verse tonight. Therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. Did you know every name has to bow to the name of Jesus? It says in Scripture that eventually every knee will bow. I think I heard this in a gospel hip hop song, gospel hip hop song in the early 90s. One guy said, every knee will bow, so why don't we just do it now? Why wait? He's the Lord of all. God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. Is that name above the name of cancer? Yeah, it is. We don't understand everything. I know. But that name is above COVID. That name is above unemployment. That name, the name of Jesus, is above depression. That name is above disappointment and heartbreak. That name is above any kind of struggle that you've suffered. The name of Jesus, it says, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him, let me say it again, the name above all other names. That name is above debt. That name is above, man, I'm behind on this payment. That name is above, man, I need a vehicle I'm struggling. That name is above. Man, I'll, I'm, 
I'm, I'm struggling here in this situation. That name is above. I'm so bummed out with him. I'm so hurt. That name is above all, all heartbreak. The name of Jesus. Jesus the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah. The name above all other names. I want, I want to end on that note tonight. We'll continue in Philippians chapter 2 next week. But let's pray, if you would, please pray with me tonight. Father, we honor you. Father, we thank you. Lord, we just glorify you and we bless your name. We trust you because you have a track record. We trust you because you promised and you always keep your word. We don't always understand it. We don't always see it how we expect to see it. But you always take care of us, Lord God. And this is for somebody. God really quickened this verse in my, my heart tonight. You will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord, the word of the Lord. You will live and not die. God is not done with you yet. God's not done with you. Mm -mm. He's just getting started in your life. He really is. You say, man, I've served God for years. Oh, man, there's many more years of success for you. Many more years of, of God's anointing, His presence, His blessing. Don't make excuses anymore. This is for somebody. Maybe they're on the live stream. Maybe they're in person. Stop making excuses. This is between you and God, and you know who you are. I believe this is a word from the Lord for, for you. Stop making excuses. You've made excuses for not connecting. You've made excuses for not lift, living right. You've made excuses for being the same person year after year after year. This is your time. You say, man, is it my time? If it ain't your time, it's your moment. Stop making excuses. The time has come for you to take responsibility to own up and to talk to the Lord and say, Lord, I can't do it on my own, but you called me, you saved me, and if you saved me, then I need to live a changed life. You are no longer an unbeliever, you are a believer. So as a believer, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So there will be real change if you're a believer. You love God, you're going to walk in some change. You may have some struggles, but God is with you and hasn't forgotten you. No more excuses. This year should prove to all of us that excuses, hmm, they're like opinions. Everybody has them, right? Don't worry about that anymore. Now, the rest of this year, next year, it's time to take ownership. It's time to take responsibility. Put God first no matter what. Don't blame anybody. I don't, I'm not, I don't connect because of them. I haven't been here because of that. I don't do this because, oh, man, I, he, hurt, he broke my heart. They broke my heart. You know what? I respect that. You've been hurt. We've all been hurt. It's time to forgive. It's under the blood of Jesus. It's time to serve God. Stop blaming your parents. Stop blaming your neighbors. Stop blaming your boss. It's time to take ownership and be a man and woman of God because that's who you are. Thank you, Jesus, for your faithfulness. Thank you, God, for your promises. We trust you tonight, God. Everybody in the house and online, repeat this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I know Jesus is my Lord and he's my Savior. I'm sorry for my sins. I always want to be close to you, Lord. I believe your word. I will walk in your word to the best of my ability. Lord, help me to walk in change. And say this, say, Lord, help me to walk in love and in truth and in the fear of God. I believe 
I thank you, Lord God. I trust you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.